0: Hi, this is Justin. Today on Theocast is part two of a conversation that John and I recently had with Chris Gordon, who is the host of Abounding Grace Radio and the pastor of Escondido United Reformed Church out there on the west coast. We continue our conversation as preachers of God's word and we talk about the Great Commission. What is it? Is it a call and a commission to Christianize the nations or is it a call to preach Jesus Christ, his person and his work for the forgiveness of sins? And I trust this is a dead giveaway. Our answer is it's the latter. We hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Chris and are encouraged in the Lord Jesus Christ as we talk about those things. And then over in SR, John and I may or may not talk a little bit about the topic of theonomy. We trust that interests you. Hope you enjoy the episode. Guys, stay tuned. If you'd like to help support Theocast, you can do that by leaving us a review on iTunes and subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Plus, we have a Facebook group if you'd like to join the conversation there. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a confessional, reformed, and pastoral perspective. If you want to know what we're about here at Theocast, we are attempting to clarify the gospel and the purpose of the kingdom of Christ. Your hosts today are John Moffat, who is pastor of Grace Reformed Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and I'm Justin Perdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. John, good to be with you around the mic again today. My brother, I've enjoyed our pre-recording conversation, as I always do, maybe in a pointed way today, huh. as we were talking about our lives and ministries and... Uh, man, it's it's good to have friends and other brothers who are in similar positions in different churches with whom we can talk. Amen. So grateful for you, dude, yeah. and grateful for the Lord's grace to me in you, yeah. through you, all those things. Why don't you tell the people, they they love the announcement, yeah. right? I mean, this is why people tune in. Tell people <laughs> things that they need to know about Theocast and things that are going yeah. on.
1: Well, to, to add to what you said, uh, Galatians 6.2 uh, says that when we bear each other's burdens we fulfill the law of Christ, and there's a joy in fulfilling the law of Christ. And I think both of us experienced that as we cared for each other this morning as an encouragement to yeah. anyone, that the Word of God does not return void. So to hear it, yeah, to I believe know. it, and obey it is a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. All in the mercy and grace of God. Yeah, real quick, uh, man, this has been a long time coming. People uh, apologize for my congestion. <laughs> it's that time of year.
0: Yeah, I'm fighting something too, so but uh, we'll see how we do today.
1: Yeah. The, one of the questions that people ask us all the time is is there a good church in our area and so there is an official Theocast church finder now just so you Look know out. it's growing you know there are some churches on there now but if you're a part of a really good
0: So what you're saying is it wasn't built in the day. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. But if you're a, a if you're a part of a, a confessionally reformed church that's uh you know <sighs> teaches the same thing as Theocast and pre please uh, add it to our church finder and i think it'll encourage a lot of people so that's an announcement we've got some other stuff coming your way uh but you know we'll save that for another time and um yeah that's that's pretty much that's all the that's the big announcement I, i'm pretty excited about it um yeah. there are some really good churches on there like really good churches so uh if if you're listening to this um put your church on there we want to know about it so we can send people your way so uh justin today's uh part two really fun oh, conversation so tell us a little bit about yeah. um our conversation with chris uh, I'll, I'll tell us about the trip and then you can tell us about the conversation for those of you that don't know uh a couple of weeks ago Justin and i were able to go to west cow and be a part of their conference there and while we were there we had the opportunity to meet and spend time with uh dr chris gordon and uh Path- no, he's not doctor oh sorry well i, I shall remove it <laughs> um who is the pastor of Escondido United Reformed Church and also the host of Abounding Grace Radio, and we just had an amazing yeah. time not only getting to know him, but sitting around the mic on Sunday afternoon and talking about mm-hmm. the glories of Christ in preaching. So Justin, tell us about yep. what this segment is about, because it's a one long recording, but we broke it up into segments. Yeah.
0: Yeah, really great time with Chris and so thankful for him and his like-mindedness. And we were encouraged in the faith. Like you and I were talking to each other this morning, we were encouraged in talking with Chris and spending time with him. And this portion of the conversation, we get a little bit into the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and what the Great Commission is and what the Great Commission isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Great Commission is not a call or a commission to us to Christianize the nations, but it is to, in fact, preach The forgiveness of Christ in Christ's name. And so we're not preaching some kind of Christianizing the nation's message. We are preaching the fact that we are saved from the wrath and condemnation of the law. We're saved from the wrath of God. We are imputed with righteousness on account of what Christ alone has done. And so we talk about preaching the need of the sinner. We talk about preaching Christ for the sinner. We talk about preaching and sanctification. So how do we think about preaching the word and the transformation of people's lives? We talk about union with Christ and how union with Christ is effectively the good news, not just for justification, but for sanctification and eternal life. So it's a really good edifying conversation. We hope that you enjoy it. And on the back end, so we're gonna send you there and let you hear that conversation with Chris Gordon. And then when that concludes, John and I will be back and we'll close this episode and then head into SR. Awesome.
2: You know, what's interesting is there's all this talk, chatter today about the Great Commission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting
0: is... You, you know, mean the Christianizing of the nation? Yeah, well,
2: that's where I was going to go, Justin. Don't provoke me. <laughs> Come <man>. on. Um, <laughs> that's, of course, what I was going to tell you guys to go Chris. do. Are My you guys apologies. Christianizing mm. you know, the nation? Throw you know, gas on it. So, yeah. Uh, Matthew 28 that's how it's typically now understood in our yeah American moment but it's interesting <laughs> in our, yeah. it's interesting um put that 28 Matthew 28 in conjunction with this then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them thus it is written that the Christ should suffer yeah. and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and what we talked about earlier forgiveness of sins Come on. right Come on. Should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Yes. Okay. So when we're talking about discipling the nations, scripture interprets scripture. Mm -hmm. And then he says, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. What's the witness? The preaching of Christ. Of all of Scripture. You're a witness to the nations. Yes. And here's what years ago do. So what do we find in Acts? Well, you know, Pentecost, we find, you know, tongues of fire. What are those tongues of fire? They grabbed Old Testament passages and they started preaching Jesus and they shook the nations.
0: And and they shook the nations. And at Pentecost we at at Pentecost (laughs) At Pentecost we have Baptist on you guys. (laughs) But at Pentecost we have a reversal of Babel, right? At Pentecost, we have a reversal of Babel. I mean, talking redemptive historically here, you know, at Babel, what? I mean, God comes and scatters language. Men are scattered. Because of their own sin. Because of sin and pride, right? And their attempt to to work their way to heaven, right, and to be great. Well, then at at Pentecost, God comes down to unify language by the Spirit and bring men from every nation into the one body of Christ. Mm. Right. That's so good.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so good. No,
0: your your point. Uh,
1: th- th- I'm sorry, but that was just a brilliant point. P- um, I'll just say it. Theonomists have been and Christian nationalists have been using uh, Matthew 28 to argue see right here we need to be going out and teaching the law of god to the nations because that's what christ taught and the point of it is all right well where else where else is christ commissioning people right right? because i actually don't think that's what he's saying but we're christianizing nations what he's saying is you're proclaiming the good and listen to the defense of the theonomist for those of you yelling at me i know you guys believe that the way that the the world is christianized is through the proclamation of the gospel not through the law so Mm -hmm. to their defense i'll give them that but the point of it is not to start to christianize nations that's not what he's saying he's like you are now not preaching the gospel to the jews only it's as promised to Abraham, it's going to bless the nations. So take this good news of me that was promised to you by the prophets of old and now proclaim it to everyone because it's not applicable to the Jews. It's applicable to everyone now.
2: So when Paul, when Paul, and we can see this proven, Mm -hmm. it's not like, we're just standing back and making conjectures here, that's trying right. to figure this out. We can see this proven in the Book of Acts. Yeah, throughout. And, I know throughout the Book of You're Acts, projecting but, our theology on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, and I can prove he. You know, it's interesting. He goes in uh, in front of Bernice and Agrippa. Mm-hmm. Now this is a bad scenario. This mm-hmm. is oh, a yeah. wicked. This is a wicked Agrippa, Herod Agrippa. Mm-hmm. We know what he did to the prophets, the, yeah. his fathers. We know what the Herods did. He was the worst abusive, unjust ruler mm-hmm. of the day. Right. I mean, another Agrippa was eaten up by worms. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, you see how offensive this whole. We think of Herod the Fox. Here's here's Herod Agrippa. He's married Bernice at twelve. She's twelve years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole thing, yeah. and after after she had been, I think, divorced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a sick, twisted yeah, sick, right. scenario. A situation. Yeah, yeah. and the, the um, human heart on display. Yeah. yeah, and and what is Paul's yeah, message? Right. What is Paul's message to him? Listen to this. Now think about what we just said. You're going to go out, said Jesus, and preach to the nations the what forgiveness of sins. That's right. Okay. Amen. Here we go. And um, he gives he gives his testimony. But rise, stand on your feet for I've appeared to you of this purpose to appoint you a servant and witness to the things which you have seen in me and those things which I will um, which I will will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you mm. to and what we just say in Luke 24. What had to happen? Eyes opened. to open their eyes mm. so that they may turn from darkness to light and the power of Satan to God mm. that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a place among those who are Amen. sanctified by I mean, so here he could have gone on and said you you wretch, you have persecuted the prophets. You have done this and this and this and this. And what is the burden of Paul before these people before to Nero? Why do you want to go to Nero? Yeah. To preach the gospel. Yes. That's right. The forgiveness of exactly. sins that was all is, sideways.
1: That was this. the pinnacle too. Well, there wasn't like that was
0: where he started and then he had something else to do. Peter talks yeah, this way in the book yeah. of Acts, also Acts 13 in Antioch, right? Paul says the same thing. Let it be known. We want to talk about you want to talk about the whole scripture how it hangs together, Old Testament, New Testament, all this stuff. Acts 13, 38, 39 "Let it be known to you therefore, brothers, says Paul, that through this man forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. is proclaimed to you there it is and by him Everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Yeah.
2: Hmm. I always like right? to
0: say, if Gavin Newsom were standing in front of you
2: today, or who's your governor? You have a good governor? Mm-hmm. No, we no. not really. Governor okay, Lee. Roy, no. Coop, Roy okay. Cooper. Yeah, I so, got Gavin.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you and Gavin. Um, he's probably the most famous okay, yeah, of all the governors. He's very famous. <laughs> Our governor yeah. is not liked.
2: Yeah. Either, if know. President Biden or, or, or the Vice President uh, Kamal Harris were standing in front of you, What's your primary objective with them? Yeah. What would you say? Get them to what, hear to the law. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, or or would you think a little bit That was about, a joke, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Zacchaeus, i mm. i coming to your your today. Yeah. Yeah. i i going to bit of to little bit of a little bit of a
0: little
2: bit of a little bit of that good news gets into your heart, that bit of a little bit of a going to of a little bit of a Right. I'll I'll bit of Right. little you bit know? Right. So, a little exactly. The point is, is they stayed focused on the mission that's right. and this is so big for us today.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. And what's interesting though, too, is that there are people that we've seen like centurions who were able to stay in their positions, but that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. If you're in a, if you're in a system that's really kind of run by Satan, it's, I may ask you guys this, how many conservative, real conservative, good godly Christians do you know that make it high up in office? Yeah. Not very many. Why? Because it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's not shocking if someone really does understand the gospel and they embrace it, that they're end up going to losing their influence, which is why I don't think we should put a lot of hope and a lot of weight in going, well, we just need to, I I always was bothered by when a famous person came to Christ and they're like, oh, just imagine if, you know, Tiger Woods came to Christ, what he could do. And I'm like, God (laughs) doesn't need Tiger Woods (laughs) to come to Christ to accomplish this mission. The gospel is what's powerful, not a man or his fame or his influence. Right. And I think we need to remember that in that kind of your point is that it doesn't matter who you're faced with, we're going to
0: give them the gospel and th- that's the goal. Yeah. So thinking back to preaching Christ from all of the, the scripture, we've said some, I think really, I mean, from my own heart, edifying mm-hmm. things, encouraging things. Well, that's what um, I try to do is edify your heart. <laughs> <laughs> that was my great goal today. Did I accomplish it brother? In, uh, in service, you absolutely <laughs> did. And even now, I, mean, good. No, and I no, like to share I'm all things <laughs> with you. I'm always encouraged you know, to spend time. We, we've spent a good bit of time together this yeah, weekend. That's right. I, you I'm guys have been
2: such a blessing. Yeah. I, I'm so glad we got to connect. Amen. Same. And, and Same.
0: It's, it really is an edifying thing yeah, to sit with brothers of like mind and talk yeah. through things like this. Absolutely. Yeah, so preaching Christ from all the Scripture, it, every man around this table believes that the point of the whole Bible— is yeah. God's plan of redemption accomplished through Christ, right, right. right? And we could go applied by the spirit to the praise of God's glorious grace. We all agree on this. Mm-hmm. Well, how insane would it be then for us to preach any passage of the scripture and not do that in light of that main point? Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about, and you tried to illustrate this in the past. Let's just say that you're reading a story on like Vince Lombardi's Green Bay Packers or mm-hmm. something and just how great of a dynasty they were. And there's this interesting anecdote in there about this one particular player and how he liked to polish his shoes or something. And I think the tendency amongst many evangelical preachers would be to get in the pulpit and, and talk five points on, on polishing the shoes. Yeah. When in reality that must be understood in light of the context of, of the dynasty of the Green Bay Packers and Vince Lombardi and the greatness that that was, or it's just kind of isolated over here and, I don't know that we're saying anything distinctly Christian because there's a lot of stuff in, in many pulpits that, yeah. frankly, you don't need to be a Christian to affirm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are a lot of Muslims and, and Mormons and, and any number of people who would agree with us on mm-hmm. issues of morality and discipline, yeah. and right. all of these kinds of things. And so I think for us, as we come to any passage of scripture, man, that the conviction of the preacher has to be, how do I understand this text in light of Christ? How do I herald Christ to these people? And... We do that through a number of different things. We could talk covenant theology. We could talk law and gospel. But before yeah. we get there, I want, I want you guys, to, any other general thoughts about well, Christ-centered I, preaching?
1: I want to talk right. about a word that's, um, we're not doing this intentionally, but we are, we're taking it for granted. When you say Christ, you literally mean the chosen Messiah. Right. Right. Sure. Because when you say The well, anointed we, one. Right. The anointed one. The chosen one. When, when we say, <clears throat> when you need to be preaching Jesus, a lot of men are like, I preach Jesus all the time. But what they preach is Jesus' morality. Sure. Right? They preach Jesus' law. You know,
0: like with the rich or Jesus or, ethics or whatever. Or
1: Jesus ethics, right? Like I am preaching Jesus all the time, but you're preaching Jesus as an ethical example for the individual. Yeah. You aren't preaching Jesus as Messiah, chosen one to be the propitiation yes, for our there. sins, exactly, right? 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 The exactly. imputation of his righteousness, right. the right. active the, obedience of Christ on our behalf. Let's talk active and passive. Come on now. <laughs> right. Union, union oh, with That's Christ, awesome. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we emphasize, oh, well, like you know, we need to be like we need to be the hands and feet of jesus you know and that's what we end up emphasizing yeah but the the hands and feet of jesus means nothing to me if i am under the wrath of god
2: yeah (laughs) right see and that's that's a big point by the way when you say like come on now like (laughs) this is like charging me up i'm a reform guy you guys are you know reform. you know we talked about the baptist tradition tradition. that's right when somebody like says amen from the the service because i never really get those or somebody says, "Come on now!"
0: From the back views, we were. Up,
2: I turn it up about <laughs> you know hey.
0: about fifty. Say it, I, I, hey, say it to him, Chris. <laughs> hey, brother, shake come that. Come on now. Shake I've never said it
2: before. I want everyone to say know. To him, I've never said this before, but John, come on now. Come on now. How did I do? Did, you I do? did I did good? Up? Was I all right. Come on now. All right. That was a really <laughs> <Hey>. good point. <laughs> Thanks. Because um, this is what we're forgetting. We're forgetting the wrath and judgment of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what do people? And this is so basic, right. you know. But we got to keep hitting it. What do people need to be safe from? What's right. happening? People are dying. Mm-hmm. People are dying tonight. Yeah. People, you know, and and you're going to come in and spend. You know that person you saw, dear pastor, this week. Um, you may not see next week.
0: That's mm. true.
2: So you're going to come in and talk about how to tie shoelaces. You, you know, <laughs> right. you're going to come in and talk about how to put on shoes. Mm. You know, seriously. Um, you can tell me about sanctified living. That's important. But please show me my Savior. Amen. Please, please show me please show me the glorious person and work of the one who is true and eternal God, who would clothe himself in my humanity and come down to the sin-cursed world and deal with my sin and bear that and go all the way facing this, the horrors of hell for me so that I don't have to do that. You know, that's what's going to pick me up. Amen. That's what's going to help me. Because every week... I'm running around in the slime and the muck of sin. That's right. And I'm like Isaiah. I'm among those with unclean lips. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, the reality is when the spirit is working, convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, he's also convicting God's people of that. Mm. Yes. And we need the refreshment of the gospel every week to help us and lift us and and bless us.
0: Mm -hmm. So the thing that I need to hear every week, Heidelberg question 60. Let's yeah. go there. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you righteous before God? That's a God? good document to change. Hey, when in Escondido. We respect when all. When in, S- S- in That's That's right. Right. <laughs> So Heidelberg 60, right? how are you righteous yeah. before God? It is only through faith in Jesus Christ. For even though these things are true of me, that I have broken all of God's commands, I've never kept a single one of them, and I'm still inclined toward all evil mm. by sheer grace, right? On account of grace and mercy yeah. alone. God accounts to me, he imputes to me the perfect holiness, righteousness, and satisfaction of Christ. That's right. It is as though I've never sinned or been a sinner. And it is as though I've been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. I need that, man. The active and passive obedience of Christ, the active obedience meaning his life, his perfect fulfillment of the law, what he says in Matthew 5, 17, that I don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill it. That's right. I've come to do everything that God requires for righteousness. Mm. Right. And we receive what Christ has accomplished by faith. Right. Right. We need to hear that. I've come to make satisfaction for your sins. I've come to appease the wrath of God that your sins deserve. I've come to fulfill not only the law's righteous requirements, I've come to fulfill its penalty. Right. Mm. So that you are then free. And as our confession says in 11.1 on justification, God imputes to us the active and passive obedience of Christ right mm. as our whole and only righteousness. Yeah. Whole meaning it's all of it. Yeah, sure. Only meaning it's the only one we'll ever have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I'm I'm struck what you were saying about how people are dying and we're under the wrath of God and all these things. Calvin's right on justification. Like what he says in the Institutes, when he says that the entire conversation about justification has to begin at the judgment seat of God. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because we would not talk about the righteousness of our works like we do. Mhm even in the church, right? We would not talk about it the way that we do if we were struck by a sense right. of the righteousness and holiness of God in the judgment. Yeah. If you're new to Theocast, we have a free ebook available for you called Faith versus Faithfulness: A Primer on Rest. And if you've struggled with legalism, a lack of assurance, or simply want to know what it means to live by faith alone, we wrote this little book to provide a simple answer from a reformed confessional perspective. You can get your free copy at Theocast.org slash Primer.
1: You know, the the Bible is written many times, and Paul often uses uh, legal language. And I just want to say, when you're talking about preaching Christ, uh, often Satan comes and he's the great accuser. (laughs) And so you have Satan, I'm there on the stand i'm being uh, I, I can feel it yeah he's right he's right mm-hmm. i've done that i've done that i have failed i have failed. and the judge is standing there and saying you are guilty and then we as pastors say um, um excuse me for a moment i, I need to read you yeah. something that um this man's lawyer wrote down for him his name is jesus let me write write down why he's not guilty that's what we do every week. We open the scriptures and say, this is why you are set free. This is why you are not guilty. Not only are you not guilty, the judge has adopted you and all the required obedience and righteousness that you have not done. Oh, by the way, this is what he said in his book. You have done them in Christ.
0: It's Zechariah three, man. Yeah. yeah. It's Joshua. Absolutely. And Satan stands there to do what? He sure. stands there to accuse him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and to point out how filthy his garments are, and it's the angel of the Lord who says to him that, remove the filthy garments from him, and to Joshua, he says, behold, I've taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you. That's yeah. right. With I will clothe yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, I think, I think what some would hear us saying and say, listen, you know, what kind of place then are you guys given to sanctification? We say a lot. Chris, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I get this frequently. Right. I mean, we, we can talk about the Lloyd-Jones comment, um, you know, w- was Paul accused of, of being a legalist or an antinomian? Hands down, he was everywhere accused of being an antinomian. Right. So people who flippantly make that charge should take a pause. You would probably put Paul in the same category, <laughs> right. you know, so it, it's important to it's important to think about that. That's right. Sure. You know, it's important to think about that. But I think that the sort of fear is and it's kind of a control factor of pastors. Mm -hmm. Listen, you know, Justin, John, you're not quite sanctified as me. I have a level of sanctification. I expect you to be at. I expect you to achieve it. The reality is I look out in my congregation, not quite as sanctified as I want. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do about that? (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do about that? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this under control Mm. and I'm going to deal with this. You know, I'm gonna strike the rock, Moses. Right. I'm gonna get i'm gonna I'm gonna bring this. i'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this and, and get it under control. And I think the expectations, and and again, then what we do as we fall into the Galatian air is yeah. that you know, we're constantly then making. You know our standard of righteousness. And by the way, the Heidelberg's really clear on this. It makes those who critique antinomianism very nervous. Mm -hmm. Even the holiest in this life only make a small beginning in this new obedience. So I always ask those who... You prayed that this morning. (laughs) Yeah, so what about the least holy? That's right. You know, what about the least holy? That's right. That's right. So the point is, is that what will... We're not against it. We, we preach the third use of the law. I love right. the law of God. That's right. The law of God. And the third wonderful. use of the law
0: quickly is is to guide our lives yeah, in absolutely. Christ, to
2: guide our living. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's not to gain righteousness. We have that.
2: Right. How do we know what's but good for our neighbor and honors God right. Law? right. right. I can yeah. tell you this much. If the pastor's coming at me and I don't get a sense that he's for me, mm-hmm. and I don't get a sense that he has in his best interest to show the glories of the Savior to me, right? I don't care how hard he pounds the law at me. Right. It will not sanctify me. That's it right. Because it can, it cannot. will not change me. Right. It will. It's kind of like when I say, isn't this sad? We believe in a second service on the Sabbath. We believe, you know, two services are important in, in our tradition. So if I get up Sunday morning and I say, you guys need to be here tonight <laughs> because you're not really being faithful Christians. Right. If not, Every time I do something like that, and by the way, I've learned my lesson. Over this, but every time I do that, the church is that much more empty. That's yeah. right. If I get up and say, call the Sabbath a delight,
0: uh-huh.
2: tonight you get the great privilege- It's a lifeline, not a burden. To come right? to hear your savior. Yeah. That's right. And I promise you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I worked hard this week, I'm gonna give you, by God's grace and the spirit, I'm gonna give you Christ, and we're gonna look at the scriptures together, and I'm gonna feed you with his word. That's right. That'd be a whole different experience.
1: The law is powerless to change the heart and to sanctify the heart. I mean, how many times does Paul and Hebrews have to say this, right? Right? It's powerless. And we don't really believe that because we keep going back to the law. You know, I said this the other day, just because there's a speed limit sign that says you should drive 40, my heart doesn't go, man, I want to drive 40. It just never does that, right? And this is why the gospel is so powerful because the gospel is the agency by which it sanctifies the heart. This goes back to preaching Christ is that if you want to see people sanctified and love Christ, preach Christ. We love because he first loved us. Yes,
0: so like what you guys are saying, when it comes to justification, the law cannot give life. It can only kill. When it comes to sanctification, the law can only guide. It cannot transform. That's right. Right. Oh, where does the power come from? Right. It's only it's, it's word and sacrament. It's the proclamation of Christ in the word. And it's the receiving of Christ by faith in the table. Right. That's what empowers sanctification. It's the ordinary means of grace, which is a, another conversation, perhaps. I want to speak briefly on the antinomianism thing. Where do, where do we see Paul respond to this, anticipate this objection most pointedly in the scriptures? It's Romans 6, yeah, six 1 and following, right? right. Because he's, he's just been talking about how when we were God's enemies, Christ died for us, and how having been justified by faith, we now have peace with God, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So much for final justification, by the way, you know, I mean, to be presently justified is to be finally saved. I mean, amen, somebody. Right. And then so (laughs) come on. So, right. But then, uh, so then Romans 5, 12 to 21, Paul is arguing for the legitimacy of representation, right? Adam represented us all in the garden. Clearly it's legitimate then that Christ represents everyone who's united to him Mm -hmm. and we're justified by his obedience and through what he accomplished. So then he says, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. He anticipates the objection. Okay, Paul, we should just sin then, right? And he says, by no means. And if he were an evangelical preacher, he would say, by no means, here's all the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Here's what the law says. But that's not what he does. He says, by no means. You've been united to Christ. Yeah. You've been baptized into the yeah. Lord Jesus and Christ. You need to you've been set yourself, free. Uh, you think of yourself an
2: entirely yes. different way. You've
0: been set free from the tyranny of sin. You're no longer under the law. You're under grace. You've now become obedient from the heart. Right. Mm. Right. Right. Right, not
2: out of fear, and right. learn to think. You know, he uses that word "reckon" there, yeah, which is interesting. You know, reckon to yourselves what's already been reckoned to you. Mm. It's really an right. interesting right. way he phrases it. What he's essentially saying is, you need to learn to think of yourself in sanctification as righteous. That's right. You know, this is a, well, it's a really important point. Right? Well, and even <laughs> Romans eight,
0: so Ro- we could talk about Romans seven, but Romans eight one through four, where yeah. he says, "There's therefore now no condemnation," and he talks about how we now, the righteous requirement of the law right. is fulfilled in us who walk not right, by the flesh, but by the spirit. Yeah, A lot of evangelicals read that and they see in that verse, spirit empowered obedience. Mm-hmm. The spirit empowers us to fulfill the law. Calvin says in his commentary that people who say that are introducing a gloss that is entirely foreign to the apostle. Yeah, right. That right there, he, he's talking about the obedience of Christ, the active obedience of Christ, and His righteousness imputed to us. Mm-hmm. So yet again, there we are. What's what is our righteousness? Yeah. Who? Yeah, it's Christ. I'd even go to the end of Colossians where he warns against: don't let people put this
1: these laws back on you sure. as they're required for controlling the flesh. Mm-hmm. He says, "How is the flesh controlled? It, it has an appearance." of man-made religion, but it's of no value. What does he point you to? He says, look to Christ. It's really hard because this is all about, like if you think about every form of the gospel uh, in justification and sanctification, we're looking to Christ, the object reality, the objective reality outside of ourselves for our salvation. Sure and then there's this sense of like, okay, now that I'm in, I've got this. And then Paul goes, oh, I'm sorry, no, no, no. Your sanctification is also...
0: Outside of you. First Corinthians one thirty.
2: Well, and I I mean I I think it was James Boyce years ago who made this point. I Mm -hmm. I want to give credit to where credit's due, but he he said it. He said a lot of good things, so he probably said (laughs) this. And you know, in the mini order of Romans eight, he leaves out sanctification.
1: Oh, that's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: Um those whom he called, I mean you can read it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Romans eight. Yeah. Let me get there.
0: Um, it's it's a really those whom he foreknew he called those whom he yeah, called he justified he doesn't want right. he,
2: it, because after he's and made justified this justified and glorified yeah he doesn't right. want this this great case he's made yeah. about justification no condemnation to think it rests now on sanctification right. so that's what he says here he says um, and those whom he predestined he called those whom he called he justified he skips sanctification. <laughs> Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Amen. Oh, you antinomian Gordon. You know, what <laughs> did right. you just That's do? Right, no, 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 no. That's the Apostle, That's the Apostle, Paul, Apostle Paul, like bro. Romans hey. Uh, eight verse 30. say less, brother. Come, come on, on with it. Hey, say come, it. On,
1: with come it. on with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shake that hey, bush. Yeah. Now that does that make me not want to preach the law? I'm going to go hey. preach the law. And, but, but I think your guest speaker
0: is going to be out. You're going to be up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, So first hey, 1 Corinthians one 30 though, Christ has become to us. What wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification yeah. and redemption. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Hebrews 10, 14, that he has perfected for all time. Those who are being sanctified. Right. Yeah. So it's, even in this whole sanctification business, I mean this is a Galatians three issue. This was brought up earlier. Are, are you begun by the spirit? Or are you gonna be perfected by the flesh? Mm, right, of course not. Right. It's absurd. Christ right. Christ's spirit at work in you. I mean, it's Philippians two, twelve and thirteen. It's all of these things. We're sanctified by Christ in but, us. But don't you always feel like you have
2: to give all these qualifications well, to say these things? Don't you Brother, <sighs> don't you feel like endless like an well, endless of, qualification? Of course, because pastor. you know
0: well, because somebody out there is like, yeah. Hey, yeah,
2: yeah, I know. I, there's somebody right? listening to the saying, saying, ah, I'm I'm gonna go post a Facebook post right now yeah. and I'm gonna call these guys names. I mean that's what they're gonna do with this. And you say, yeah. Whoa, let me show you the the place where I've preached the third use of the law. Exactly. I love the law of God. Yeah. Okay. I delight in
0: God's law in my heart. Uh, qualification:
2: I preach the law of God. That that means I'm not an antinomian. Do you know
1: who doesn't do this to me? <laughs> the person who really has been beat up by the law and sees their sins, they never That's come true. to me. They they, they want to know: Can he save me? Can he change me? Mm-hmm, yeah. They don't ask me: Can I obey? They they just they're like, Pastor. Tell me I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. but it's the, And I'm, I'm going to say this as, as kind as I can be because you know why? I was this person. So the person I'm about to describe, I can describe him perfectly because it was me. The self-righteous yeah. are the ones who attack.
2: Yeah absolutely because yeah. they're like hey I mean, i've got
1: this under control don't all, tell me it's not my works don't yeah. tell me i need something
0: else i did this on my it's own the
2: pharisees that's right the that, pharisees and i mean, like to, we're all recovering
0: pharisees that's, that's right. right it's that green beret christianity, christianity was a real good like pharisee yeah. yeah only the strong survive right, right. green beret christianity <clears throat> yeah yeah. Um, Let's do. You want, do we want to do any law and gospel formally? Before
2: you go, let me just let me just probe one more thing because yeah. I've had this come at me in my circle. Hey, little bait, know, a little and bait and switch, right so here. So I actually have. Blanket. I actually have heard. You know when we when we make this distinction too rigorous, rigorously, law and the gospel distinction important. That you know some have come back and say, "Listen, you guys, the law is the gospel." Mm. okay now i have had this in my circle i got heartburn now i know the law is the gospel and what they want to say and we've kind of already covered this but i just want to just cover the lingo is that you know what they want to say is that it is good news that we're being sanctified too so so they want to take the law and they want to talk about sanctification and say that's good news how would you i'm just curious you know I'm 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 just having a little fun with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So, Come on. So like, you know, little, little devil's advocate here. Come on, you guys. Isn't you guys have so chalked up the good news to justification only? Um, what are you? Isn't sanctification good news too? Isn't well, that the gospel? But,
1: it's, but right, it's, listen, sanctification is good news, but it's not the gospel. It's amazing news as a part, as a matter of fact, he says he pulls out of a heart of stone, puts it on a heart of flesh, and I will cause you to walk in my ways. That's the fruit of the gospel. Right. A good tree bears fruit. That's that is good news to me to know that he'll empower me to do that, but that's not the good news. let me tell you why. Because, do you know what I start looking for to justify myself?
0: My good works. So, the way I might respond, Chris, and the way I'm going to respond right now
2: <laughs> is uh, <laughs> okay. is
0: this so I do think. All right, pause button. Rewind. Not really, but here we go. Steve Lawson recently. Oh, I'm just going to say nice. this. I'm not, name, we're, not, names. we're not going in. I'm just name, going to state something. I'm not even going to say what he said. He was answering a question on a video that he released. What is the doctrine that is most missing in the church today? What is the doctrine that's most missing in preaching
1: today? Mm-hmm. We did a video. On I'm
0: not going to talk about it. what he said. If, if I were asked that question, I think I would say and he said regeneration. Do- he did, mm-hmm. yeah. and where he went with that was yeah. not great. We're not going to go there right now. What I would say I mean, we do like regeneration, this of course. <laughs> right. of I'm course so thankful preach, for it. Of course, we <laughs> preach the know. new birth, right? Right. But but how are people born again? Right. It's through the proclamation of Christ. All right. Then this is what I would say: the doctrine of union with Christ. I think is the most neglected doctrine in the church, yeah. it, from my perspective. Union of with Christ for justification and the entirety of salvation. That's right. So in one sense, I'm not trying to be slippery here, but if somebody were to come at me and say the law is good news, I'd be like, no, the law is not good news. Union with Christ is good news. And union with Christ means that everything that is his is yours. And so now, of course, you are justified. You've been reconciled to God. You are declared righteous. You're forgiven and absolved. That's all true. And by virtue of your union with Christ, Dear saint, you will be sanctified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And it's hard. I don't know if that's a fair it, you answer know, to No, it's fair. Question. And it's hard when people, when you
1: hear, when they hear you, when they hear you say, no, the law is not good news, they're thinking you're saying the law isn't good. No, the oh, law uh, is good. Romans 7. It's, but it's bad news to the sinner. But, it's the for law is good, but the law is bad. The gospel's good news for the sinner. Right.
0: So Romans 7, right, where Paul says it, more or less, is there something wrong with the law? No. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the law. Right. Right. The issue is our corruption. Right. You know, and so the law is bad news when it comes to justification. The law for the Christian, when it comes to sanctification is no longer condemnatory. See, that's, that's a good point. And I think, you know,
2: I think it was Godfrey, Dr. Godfrey, who wrote a really helpful piece years ago, because the word gospel, you know, uh, for instance, when we think of the gospel, we're thinking very objectively Mm -hmm. of the person and the work of Jesus. Right. Right. Now I'd remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. Well, what's right. that? You know, which you stand, in which you received, by which you're saved. What is it? For I delivered of first import- importance yes. what I also received. Christ died for our sins. Yes. In accordance with the scriptures, he was buried. And he was raised. He was raised, you know, right. third day according to the scriptures. That he, okay. So you have a little mini Apostles' Creed kind of developing there. Yeah, but the do. point is, that's the objective work of Jesus, what Luther said outside of us.
0: Yeah, extra notes.
2: Yeah, it's, it's completely outside of us. Right. When Paul's talking about that in justification and he's talking about the gospel, this is where he's at. Godfrey makes the case, I think is interesting, that in some places, gospel is used more broadly Mm -hmm. in the scriptures. You know, I've had friends challenge me on that, but I think it's worth noting that some have noticed you have a narrow use of the gospel and a broader use. And if there is a broader use, you know, we could say like you're saying that when gospel encompasses, there is definitive sanctification. Yeah. Even sanctification rests on the grace of Christ. Of course. That's right. What and else that's it rest what we on? want to talk about when we're talking about a broader use, that's right. that even that, even sanctification yeah. is a work, Westminster Confession. That's what right. is that? A work of free grace. Yes. Sanctification. Yeah. Yes, it is. So thing. what people yeah. want to do with that right, right. is put it back on us, right. but even sanctification... As in our confessional statements, but in the scriptures, <coughs> right. when we talk about it definitively, you are sanctified. Yeah. Yeah. Is something that is a work of the Spirit. Right. And we could say that's generally good news. But when we're talking more objectively, we are focused on the life, death,
0: and right. resurrection exactly. of Christ. And that's imputed to us but, for righteousness. And, and like, was, right? like was mentioned earlier, if you want, like pastors out there, if you want sanctified people, preach Jesus. That's yeah. right. Like, that sounds counterintuitive. Scott Clark does a great job of pointing this out in Recovering the Reformed Confession and whatever he writes on, like, covenant moralism and all these kinds of covenant nomism. Ding, excuse ding, me. Ding, ding. Right. in reference to him. So, yeah. right, sure, ring the bell. Yeah, ring the
2: bell. I have one somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> It's not it's the sounds, Nebraska bell. That's
0: this funny. sounds, what, I, what I'm about to say is not going to sound crazy to you two guys, but it might sound crazy to a lot of the listeners out there. Because a lot of people assume if you want sanctification to occur in your church, you need to talk about sanctification. It's like, no, we need to preach the law, in, in its third use. But if you want sanctified people, you better preach Christ because that's how it's achieved. And we I think we've touched on that in a number of different ways already.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. The, I, right. think that, I think that's a good point. It's kind of like if you're a
1: basketball coach and you're trying to help your guys jump higher and you're like, y'all need to jump higher. <laughs> like, thanks, coach. Versus. <laughs> Wish me, I could, <laughs> coach. <laughs> Is that Wish versus, I could
0: take two tenths off my 40-yard dash right. time. Just because <laughs> exactly. you're telling me that, yeah. Versus
1: coming in and say, hey, gentlemen, put on these shoes. I want you to run some up and down the court. I want you to do this and this and that. And I want you to do this and this and that. And they're like, what are we doing this for, coach? Oh, guess what? That's going to help you jump higher. Oh, okay, great. Right? But what do we do? We get up in the pulpit and we scream with, you know, veins popping out. You need to be sanctified. Well, you're telling somebody to do something they can't do. And <clears throat> I know I'm sounding like an antinomia, but if you preach Christ, you are one you're giving right. them the power by which they actually can be changed.
0: All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that portion of our conversation with Chris Gordon of Escondido United Reformed Church out there in Escondido, California. I know John and I enjoyed it. Hope you were encouraged by it. And uh, and, so as we and
1: Abounding Grace Radio, go subscribe.
0: Yeah, Abounding Grace Radio. Thank you. I should have said that too. (laughs) Yeah, check him out, Abounding Grace Radio. My bad. We said Abounding Grace Radio probably seventeen times in the first recording (laughs) of like as in last week. Failed to say it today. We trust you understand. We're fallible guys. As we typically do, we're going to record a Simper Reformanda episode now. This is a second podcast that John and I record each week for our members, people who have partnered with Theocast financially. Um, if you'd want more information about what that would look like to partner with us and become a part of the Semper Reformanda community, you can find all the information that you need on our website, theocast.org. There are a number of things that come along with being an SR member. In addition to this podcast, you get access to an app, a growing community of people who are learning and wrestling with the same things that you most likely are and, and, and there uh, they may
1: just be coming some educational classes yeah
0: some theocast view, Ooh, I think we to oh, call it yeah look out good grief we don't <laughs> and underdeliver but there all that is so yeah check the website out get the information there you guys are intelligent people we leave that to you we'll talk with you again next week